Hello, everyone, and welcome to Data Femme, where we engage you with stories of how innovators across the globe are using data to achieve new heights in their respective industries. I'm Danielle, founder of Decayo Data. I know it's been a challenging week for everybody, and for anyone who wants to share data they've perceived, ask for tips about working remotely, share positive news and vibes, or even air grievances about anything and everything, I am always available to you on Twitter at Data. that's D-I-K-A-Y-O, data, or by email at dikayo at dikayodata.com. But right now, I'm excited to say that I am with Peggy Sai, the VP of Data Solutions at Big ID, who has kindly sponsored this episode. So you'll be hearing a lot more about Big ID and the work that they do in data governance throughout this episode, as well as how you can stay informed as an individual about the data you have in your space. Well, why don't we get started with you telling me about your role at Big ID and how you landed in this sector? Sure. Thank you, Danielle, for inviting me today to today's podcast. Uh, My role at Big ID is a VP of Data Solutions. Uh, Let me first tell you what Big ID is about. Uh, We are a data discovery and data intelligence platform and we help organizations identify their personal and sensitive data across their enterprise data landscape. So we offer a solution for companies to help automate and operationalize their privacy regulations, such as CCPA, which is the California Consumer Privacy Act, and GDPR, which stands for General Data Protection Act. And my role is to threefold actually, it's to help um, our customers and prospects understand how this product can help with their data governance use cases. Uh, Secondly, I help with the product roadmap and identifying new features and uh, improving the usability of the tool for the data management professional. And thirdly, I We'll work on speaking and identifying opportunities where my thought leadership, based on my experience in data governance, can help promote the product of Big ID in this industry. I'd also love to hear your take on what the best definition of data governance is, because we're always hearing that term circulated around the internet. And I'm not sure that me or my audience fully understands what it means. Data governance actually means uh, different things to different people. It's that funny type of word. So if you just take the word data, for example, let's just take the first word data. Um, The way I see data and hopefully most people see data is data is the bedrock or the foundation 
of all organizations. It's, it's important to have good data so that companies can make better business-driven decisions. Um, it's important for streamlining their operations, reducing costs, and it all comes down to the data that they collect, that they create, um, and it's all about their data around their business processes, how they can be improving them, and also on the flip side, how they can be using data to reduce and minimize their risks. Um, we can talk about those both types of um, areas more later. Um, and then the second word in data governance is governance. Um, and this word is used in many areas. There's different types of uh, phrases like information governance, policy governance, and the governance is just the structure of the people and policies to make sure that something gets done. So when you put the two words together, data and governance, um, you should envision a, a, a framework that a company has to ensure that the data that the company is creating and collecting and sharing um, has consistency and accuracy and it's can be curated to a point where you can trust the data that you use um, and that you would want to make sure that all parts of the organization including um, your reporting aspects um, your operation teams that they're all using the same data got it so what does a normal established system look like? In a traditional data governance program, there are many activities that support data governance, quote unquote, data governance. Um, usually data governance is in an organization is led by a chief data officer. Um, if not, then there's usually a head of person that manages the enterprise data or enterprise strategy. And they're responsible for making sure that one, there's a business catalog of or or an inventory of the complete set of data that resides in an organization so think of it almost like a, a a dictionary or a collection of what data what data do you have right that's the first um, question when you want to govern something you want to make sure okay what do i have so let me start listing out everything i have where is it who does it belong to who owns that data so, so that ownership model of, of data is is quite important um, the second piece is data quality you want to make sure that the data that you have and that gets moved and transformed across all your systems um, ha has a high quality so you do things like uh, monitoring you have metrics um, you want to make sure that the data that you have in your source system is the same as the one that actually gets uh, seen um, in your application systems, which may be three or four hops later in the whole architecture. And there are things like transformations of the data that you want to be aware of, and that actually creates an entirely new data set. So that in itself is why data is, is so complex, because it's constantly um, being refined and annotated, deleted um, based on the 
different people in the company, you know, touching and, and using that data. And the third piece is about data remediation. And that's quite important because there are oftentimes errors in the data um, as it gets loaded and used in an operation system. So um, it's very important to make sure that there are actions taking place um, to immediately clean, clean up the data so that it's consistent with um, how it was originally meant to be. Um, so that's in its nutshell, really the components, three components of a, a data governance program and the model that I've been working with in, in, in terms of what I've seen in the financial services and also non-financial services industry. Thank you for that explanation. Data Femme is a very data-focused podcast, obviously, um, but there are some of my listeners who are really trying to think about data more but might not have the background that you and I do. So I'm wondering how data governance um, can apply itself in the general public's life. Like what should the average person going about their day, especially now with our changing society, what should they be expected to know about data governance and how can they get access to that? That's kind of related to data literacy in a way. I am a big supporter of data literacy and improving the data culture of of any organization. Um, and depending on what company or what industry you actually work at, there may or may not be a group. Um, if it's a smaller organization, um, it's probably a technology function. Or if it's in a larger organization, they, they should have a, hopefully a enterprise data um, role. But there's usually a group of people in an organization that cares about how data is being created and how data is being shared across an organization. And there are certain principles inside data governance that's really important. And I, I think of it almost, it's a little bit of common sense, but um, sometimes when I step back, well, maybe it's not common sense. Um, where there are principles around, um, you know, not copying data. Um, and that's actually a co very common mistake. You, you think that if someone sends you uh, an Excel file, um, you make another copy of it because you want to add to it, um, and then you save another copy. Boom, there's two copies of a data that's um, data file that's living in your company's um, network drives. And then if you email that to a colleague, there's a third copy. So it's like the proliferation of, of data. Um, it's something that um, people should be uh, very aware of, I think. Um, one, you are just adding to the volume of data that's being stored um, in your network. And those aren't necessarily what we call golden copies of the data. Um, and it's very easy for your colleague that you're sending this file to, to mistaken your copy to be the golden copy, and then assume that those assumptions that you made in that Excel file or um, those calculations are, are what was act actual intention. Um, so just being mindful of how data, you know, 
sharing the data, how copies are being used. Um, and I emphasize sharing because there is an emphasis now with you know the, the privacy regulations about sending personal information um, across to people that may not be the right recipients. Um, so making sure that uh, whatever information is being sent um, is not uh, personal identifiable information and also making sure that the recipient of that data um, you know, should, should have uh, the right access to, to actually be receiving that information. I think those are two very simple things just to be aware of, especially if you're not in data management. Um, I think if I were to add a third piece, um, it, would, it would just be making sure that you trust the quality of the data. Um, if you are a data scientist, uh, which um, many of people on this podcast or listeners of are data scientists and data science community, you just want to make sure that uh, the quality of the data is, is something that you can trust. And that's what a data management and a data governance team works to ensure that the source of that you're pulling it from to create your model or report is complete, it's accurate, it's fit for your purpose. Um, and that's all important because you don't want to be um, building a model or creating a report that has data that was meant for another usage or intended for another usage or was not exactly meant to be reported in such a way. Do you know your data? The truth is we could all know our data a lot better. By using Big ID's multi-pronged approach to monitoring and organizing your enterprise's data, you ensure that your business is up to speed with the current standards of data privacy, protection, and perspective that will maximize efficiency and mitigate risk. Don't let valuable unseen or forgotten data fall through the cracks. Big ID pulls data across your accounts wherever your data lives and offers coverage at petabyte scale for unstructured files like SharePoint Online to NoSQL databases like MongoDB to data lakes and everything in between. Managing petabyte scales of sensitive and customer data does not have to be overwhelming. Get a clue into the insights you're missing at BigID.com and see how a discovery in-depth approach with apps for privacy, protection, and perspective will change the way you know your data. Now back to our show. Shifting gears a little bit, I am curious to hear about how data science factors into your role, if at all. Data science and data analytics is the greatest benef beneficiaries of a good data governance program. Um, if a company has done good data governance, that means that they've already defined and standardized all their data assets. They've identified the proper sources that data should be pulling from. There's no confusion as to what this table and column means and what the actual values inside the column stands for. You know, data scientists don't have to, you know, interpret what these values or code values stand for. So good data governance will take away any of that ambiguity. So data science and data analytics um, plays 
a big factor for me from a data governance role. I think they are the biggest beneficiaries of a good data governance program. Um, the reason why I say that is because if a data governance program is already put in place and is successful, that means that uh, all the data elements have been defined and standardized. The location of all these data elements have already been identified and documented. So there's no um, ambiguity for a data scientist to uh, look for data because it's already been well documented what tables and columns should be used and the underlying values inside that column has also been clearly documented as well. And for me personally, um, I see data scientists as, you know, really the, the next biggest wave of in, in, in terms of data governance, because traditionally data governance has been about uh, an enterprise program where it, it, where it may have helped to fulfill a specific uh, regulatory requirement. Um, but now as many companies are moving into uh, analytics and you know, using more business intelligence reporting, they need to ensure that the data that they're using for those uh, models and reports um, come, from, from, come from a good place. So at Big ID, we're certainly also looking to expand um, our data intelligence platform so that it can be used by a data science community. Um, and let me explain to you where, why I see that fitting in. Um, and to, before I, I preface that by saying, um, before I joined Big ID, one of my roles um, was actually managing a team of data scientists. And I had to help them get better data because they were constantly interacting with many people in technology to, first of all, find the data and understand the data and not sure about the quality of data. So that's where a lot of my um, perspective comes in, in terms of why I think this is useful for a, a data science community. And Big ID solves the first problem that most data analysts and data scientists are looking for. First of all, it's where is my data? Like what data do I have in my organization that I can use? So it's almost like not knowing what you have. And Big ID solves that problem for all those folks doing data analytics and data science or data reporting. And that's because we have a comprehensive, in-depth discovery technology that looks across all your structured and semi-structured and unstructured data sources, regardless of the data source, regardless of the data type, we're able to scan it and read it and put it into a catalog. And I think of this catalog as a complete view of all the data that you have. And then within Big ID, we'd have additional capabilities of classifying the data. So we're able to um, 
tag the data accordingly to um, any specifications that um, your organization may have. Um, think of it as adding, you know, attributes to, to the data on a data element level. We can also do correlation, so able to identify and put together um, the, the data that, that looks very similar to each other. And then we also do clustering analysis, which is almost like a, a, a fuzzy matching of like data. And we do that on a file level um, for our unstructured data. And I'm focusing a little bit more on emphasizing on unstructured data because I really think that's where a lot of value and insights are going to be gained. Traditionally, a lot of tools out there that um, anyone in the data community uses, it's easy to garner from a structured source. So anyone can easily write a code to extract that information. But what's tricky and um, what big ideas is able to accomplish is really being able to draw out that same information from a structure to an, uh, an unstructured source. And we've also been able to do this um, mainly from our original use cases a couple years ago around the California Consumer Privacy Act, which said that for any um, person, we had to be able to create a report of all the data that was stored on this person. So think of it, myself, Peggy Sai, coming in to a company in California and requesting a, a report on all the data that's stored on myself. And it's very easy to um, identify my, my name, my address, um, email, um, that's all very structured um, information that's probably easily stored in the database. But when it comes to the contextual um, personal data that I also require, um, that, that's also required to be generated for me, it's things like my, um, perhaps my IP address, uh, my cookie settings, um, my um, health records that not necessarily tied directly to myself or my name, but is part of information that defines who I am. So that also needs to be easily identified and generated in any type of uh, privacy regulation uh, request. If I think about the technology that's been built, not only can Big ID identify a person and all its contextual information, if I extrapolate that and say, okay, maybe how can I extend this technology to beyond a person? If you think about it um, in any customer-facing organization, you think about your, your customers and then you also have other people like your employees and third-party um, those are all types of people that you need to separate at the end of the day, differentiating between a customer versus an employee, and then also figuring out in which context, in, uh, which contextual information have I collected about that information across my broad landscape. And we see this as a challenge for many organizations because um, you think about the um, you know, huge amounts of data that's being generated. Um, and then if you add in 
you know, like streaming data, our social media data, and you want to include that into your insights um, about an activity or about, or you want to do some sort of predictive uh, modeling against this occurrence, um, you want to make sure that you, you have the complete knowledge of all the data that's available so that whatever output you create is going to be um, the most complete and accurate. Um, there's a lot of discussions these days around models that may or may not be biased. And that may come from the fact that, you know, depending on the, the data scientists who may have some preconceived bias. But what I'm saying is, let's try to reduce that bias by ensuring that whoever is doing the model work has an ability to start with the most comprehensive, complete data knowledge. And that is a catalog that Big ID can deliver to, to them. It's funny, when I was looking on the site, I noticed um, some features like uh, being able to remove <laughs> duplicates. And it reminded me of mint.com for personal finances. If you have mint.com downloaded, you'll realize that you have two Netflix accounts and you don't need to have that, but you would never know. Like I had never heard the term dark data before. And so that was also interesting to me that there's a lot of data that businesses collect but don't necessarily use. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's useless. You know, it's just not being factored into strategy or being released to the public, but there still may be some insights in there that are useful that Big ID could uncover. Is everything that Big ID offers on an enterprise level or are there things that an individual could potentially benefit from as products? Uh, right now, Big ID is a is geared more towards an enterprise solution. Um, it's actually a very interesting point about when you went into Big ID's website, you were able to, you know, correlate that to your personal finances. Um, and that's actually the way we think of Big ID as well, because if you think about large organizations that have gone through, you know, mergers and acquisitions, and there have been so many like legacy systems built on top of each other. There's no possible way that um, anyone actually knows the complete landscape of what everything has. And um, just knowing that there's duplicate copies, um, you know, we think of it as um, as many companies are moving to to a cloud strategy, a cloud storage strategy. You don't want to muddy the cloud or, you know, like by bringing all that duplicate copies into your cloud environment, you want to make, start fresh, right? You want to make sure that your um, architecture and, and data starts from a good place. So um, Big ID will give you that transparency and that knowledge and insights as to files that can be um, what we call minimized and that's also helpful from a risk reduction perspective as well. You want to make sure that you are adhering to your organization's um, documentation and retention policies. Oftentimes, there's like a certain number of years that you can keep an email or file 
and after that time you can purge it so there is no um there's no reward for actually keeping a file for uh, beyond that extension so there's many activities tied to knowing your data and and keeping um the right copies of it in in place and now turning the focus on current events how do you feel we're doing as a society in terms of data governance as it pertains to data about the coronavirus? I think global pandemic events like the coronavirus, um, it brings out, you know, sometimes the best and worst in people. Um, so actually, I've been reading up on, you know, other countries that have been um, collecting um, you know, information about people um, from their cell phones or from apps and using that to study the, the speed um, of spreading the virus among its, among its population. Um, I know, um, read in Israel, there's an app that actually uses um, biometrics, you know, to, to watch people and to um, see if they're sees check follow their movements um and i think it's it's a big concern um just from a data and privacy perspective because on one hand um i believe data should be collected for the good of society um i'm i'm always in promotion of sharing and having open data but at the expense of a person's privacy um, have they consented necessarily to to their usage of data for this um, purpose um, you know there are just a lot of questions about whether or not um, people have um, consented and know exactly what the data is being used for um, it's also a very slippery slope and this is something that you know I think we can have lots of ethical debates on is like once you start um, sharing this data with the government or to a third party um, collection company, um, like wh who's to say that there's the proper controls in place that that same data is not gonna be used um, in another unintended way um, and also in a way that I didn't consent for. Um, so I think there's going to continue to be um, lots of debate because from a personal level, I think it we do need to start understanding quickly how the coronavirus is being spread around, but at the same time, um, ensuring that the type of data that's being collected and used um, for this tracking purpose stays that way, you know, for this very intended purpose and cannot be unintentionally exploited. So I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of discussion on this coming forth um, throughout the next weeks and, and months. I'm, you know, fascinated and interested in following the discussion from both sides. I think another big aspect of it, and I've seen a lot of visualizations um, done on the rise and speed of coronavirus, um, how it's how United States uh, 
rate of speed compares to other countries like China, South Korea, and Italy. But, you know, you have to think, I think of it from uh, a data governance perspective. Um, and unfortunately, just the numbers collected in the United States is based on how many tests were actually done. And I know that many people would think, would argue that, um, that in the United States, there just weren't enough tests, not enough people were being tested. So that's why it's, it's a little misleading. It's very easy to manipulate data to any way possible to show what you want to see. So that's why um, I like to be very factual and really understand the completeness of the data um, and think about how it, how it was collected in this case um, and that will affect the conclusions that some people are making about um, the relative uh, speed of coronavirus uh, United States compared to other countries. Well, in terms of the coronavirus, only time can tell. But in terms of Big ID, what is on the immediate horizon? So I, th I think that um, going forward for Big ID, up to this point, we have a robust data intelligence platform. It's a data discovery platform. So this year, 2020, is what we call the year of the apps. And what we've done is we have this application framework um, that uh, where we will build apps, our customers will build apps, our um, partners can build applications. And it's now, think of it as we built the foundation. Um, now, what do you want the rest of the house to look like? <laughs> um, it's we have the the walls, we have the doors and windows. Um, and now we're at a point where we can take the foundation, this data foundation, and apply it to additional use cases around data privacy, um, data security, where they're focusing on classification of the data and data access. And in my area, data governance, there's just so many applications now that can be done that now that we have the starting point of a complete uh, data rep um, catalog. Um, things like doing more advanced data quality monitoring, uh, data remediation, um, data stewardship, or putting the ownership model in place with workflows and having an audit trail. And my personal pet project is how can we continue to um, use this platform and the big ideas a catalog to help our data science com um, community because I'm, I'm personally very passionate about it because I, I feel like things in regards to um, data science and uh, model risk management um, there's a lot that can be done to to help reduce those risks to promote more um, transparency and help with documentation around the data. And those are types of activities, um, you know, that Big ID is going to um, help the data science community. Um, so certainly having that foundation is key, but one of my things that I'm looking forward to this year is how, is how Big ID is gonna take that a step further and, and really, um, 
operationalize a lot of the data governance use cases and power the data science community to, to know their data, to trust their data, use their data with a higher level of confidence. Thank you so much, Peggy. You have given all of us a lot to think about. And I certainly feel that my knowledge of data governance and how it fits into a larger data strategy has been incredibly increased by our conversation. So I'm looking forward to future conversations. And for those of you that are curious to learn more about Peggy's work with Big ID. As I mentioned, you can visit BigID.com. When I visited, I got very lost in the site. It is an incredibly well-crafted site with a lot of pipelines that you can go down to find more dashboards and information, and it's interactive, super fun. Um, So that's definitely something to do. And if you enjoyed this content, always, always feel free to become a patron of DataFem at patreon.com slash DataFem, also listed in the show notes. I would very much appreciate your support, which will allow me to create more engaging content like this. And we will see you next week. And until then, be sure to stay healthy, stay safe, and stay informed.